Well, it's 7.30, we're in Munich, and this can only mean one thing. Beer. Beer tour. 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 This is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle. Every Monday, we talk travel and money. Ultimate travel hacking tips and destination advice recorded on location. We also interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Travel Mondays, episode 053, and we are heading to Munich. This episode of the Travel Freedom Podcast is sponsored by World Nomads Travel Insurance, our regular insurer that we use ourselves and our personal preference for all digital nomads and long-term travelers. Excellent. Yeah, we do love using World Nomads Travel Insurance. And if you would like to get 5% off your travel insurance, just head to travelfreedompodcast.com slash worldnomads and type in the code WN5DP. Mm-hmm. In this episode, we learn that Bavarians do more with beer than just drink it. He basically span acrobatically around his head a large one-liter beer. This is not something you should attempt at home unless you are drunk. And then you should always attempt this. It'll be hilarious and wet. And of course, we demonstrate our extensive knowledge of Bavarian castle architecture. It's the yellow one that has got a sort of more rounded turreted things with the, the sticky up bits that archers can shoot through on the top. Classic turrets, you know what yeah. I'm talking about. Plus, there may be more to Munich than just Oktoberfest, but we couldn't help but get you some Oktoberfest facts too. There's a stipulation, <laughs> there's a stipulation stating that if you want to serve beer at Oktoberfest, your brewery must be within the city limits. Well, good afternoon, good evening or whatever. Good afternoon, good evening and good night. Truman Show! Don't, don't leave! Don't leave! That's not the end of the show! I haven't seen that movie in years. Good. It's a good show, Truman yeah, Show. I enjoyed it. Anyway, this isn't about the Truman Show, this is the Travel Freedom Podcast show. And it's the Travel Freedom Podcast news! News, 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 news. This is the news. Let's listen to the news. What is today's news? Tom, tell us the news! The news is that Oktoberfest is coming really soon. Yeah, we're just really singing because we like beer. I don't know if you noticed this over the duration of the podcast. 53 episodes in, maybe they've picked up that we like beer. (laughs) They figured it out. Cheese. But yes, even though it is the month of September, Oktoberfest is happening this month because it actually happens in September. Yeah, and you might be asking why call it Oktoberfest if it's in September. Oh, isn't that a good question, boys (laughs) It's a good question. Okay, so we actually looked into this and the original festival back in 1810 was originally in October. So it was in honor of Crown Prince Ludwig of Bavaria. Ludwig. Ludwig. Ludwig of Bavaria. Yes. See, I've got the German accent down. Yeah, you got that one. Sure. He got hitched. He got married. So People do. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's a dude that liked beer. Good for him. He is German. Yeah. Bavarian. Bavarian. Let's be very careful. We're not talking about Germans in this episode. It's Bavaria. Bavarians, yes. Very specifically not Germany. Even yes. though it's in Germany, it's Bavaria. But they had such an awesome time at this wedding, they've continued to celebrate it every single year. Yep, which is pretty awesome because that means people get to go and drink lots of German beer. 
And back then the festival only lasted for a week, now it lasts about two and a half weeks. And like any festival, it evolved and the Bavarians realized that October was a bit of a chilly month. So all of this outdoor beer garden activity wasn't so much fun if it was cold. So I thought, nah, let's move it to September. It That's a more glorious. sensible time. Being in those beer gardens in the sun is mm -hmm. just glorious. Or not in the sun, because as we'll discover later in this episode, they're normally very shady. That is true. That so, is true. But it's when it's warm and shady, then it's a very nice time to be sitting out there. Yeah. Beautiful, really. So anyway, yeah, September also has longer evenings in October, so people can get drunk al fresco in the evening sitting out aside. Yeah, but it at least finishes in October. Yeah, they so, still maintain that tradition. Yeah, but you know, no one's turning up for the name, no one gives a shit if it's called Let's Go to Mars Fest. They I, just want to go and yeah, drink. Yeah, they go drink beer. I yeah. mean, you could have called it September Fest. It's not quite as catchy as October Fest, but it's almost the same. Yeah, uh, same, same. Beer, beer. Anyway, um, sadly, visiting Munich for Oktoberfest wasn't on the cards for us this year. We did discuss it, but instead we are going to Thailand. In fact, by the time you hear this, we might have just arrived in Thailand. Yeah. Or at least a couple of days off. So, you know, we did go to Munich in May, however. Gorgeous time of year. Yeah, pretty similar weather to September normally. So. Yeah, and naturally, uh, if we're going to turn up to Munich, we thought it would just be really rude of us if we didn't taste out the quality of their beer and give their beer gardens a bit of a run as well. Yeah, I mean, we thought, you know, we're not supposed to do this sort of drinking activity. You know, you've got to be responsible as professional bloggers. But we thought, fuck it, why not? Yeah. So, yeah, we hooked up with Size Matters Beer Tour. Not only do some extensive taste testing, this really was just about taste sampling. It wasn't to do with we any. We spat the rest of it out. It was like wine. Took a swig and we spat the rest out, obviously. Yeah. But also, we thought, you know, while there, why not learn a little bit of the history? And this is, you know, it's the most famous beer city in the world, isn't it, really? Let's hear a little bit. About it yeah, it. we've got some cool history in this clip as well as drinking. So here we go. Yep. Well, it's 7:30. We're in Munich, and this can only mean one thing: beer. Beer tour. 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 So what are we doing? Tonight we are joining up with Size Matters Beer Tours and they're taking us around. He reckons he's going to try and get to three of the classic beer houses here in Munich. There are of course plenty to choose from, but he's going to try and get us to three. We heard that apparently in some of these places there is beer that is up to 14.5% alcohol. That's not beer, surely, is it? No, that's got to be like whiskey wine. It's whiskey wine. It's, it's tactical nuclear penguin. Yes. So yes, that's what we're going to be doing tonight, trying to avoid the 14.5% alcohol, uh, but just still getting shit-faced. Hi Tim, welcome to our podcast. What up? <laughs> it's our guide, Tim, for tonight. How are you feeling about tonight's proceedings? Uh, considering I've been hungover for about three months, uh, a little skeptical, but I'm going to make a good time of it. <laughs> Have a beer, harden up, you'll be alright. Alright, yeah. right, really quickly guys, the history behind beer gardens, the way they came to be, is in the mid-1500s, the Duke of Bavaria put a ban on the brewing of beer during the summer. The reason for that is because the brew beer, to do it at very high temperatures. Technology back then was very primitive, so you used to burn down the breweries all the time, burn down the towns and forests surrounding those. Uh, you essentially had a countryside that was on fire, uh, babies and bunnies all dying in the name of beer. Uh, of it's course, horror and horror times. <laughs> but of course, being German, they still wanted to drink beer. Uh, so they brewed a lot more during the winter months and started massive cellars or lagers underground. Lager is the German word for, for storage. 
hence where you get the name uh, or the word lager beer, the name lager beer from. So these are chestnut trees, important for two reasons. One, because they have a very shallow root system, doesn't interfere with the cellar underground, and two, they have very broad leaves. So it keeps the ground cool, which in turn keeps the beer underground cool as well. Back then they didn't have any way to preserve the beer for very long times, so you want to keep it as cool as you can. Uh, little things all done in the name of beer. Again, they put down white gravel. Also to reflect sunlight, keep the ground cool, keep the beer underground cool. <laughs> as we were walking here, you probably noticed there was a slight incline. Uh, city center is down that way. People quickly realize that the best place to get a fresh beer is at a cellar or at a kella. That's because in the city, cities generate heat, beer would spoil a lot faster, you get a lot of fresh beer out here at the Kella. People started coming out and they're greeted by this oasis of chestnut trees and gravel. Plonked down tables and chairs, and thus the beer garden was born. Give it up for the beer garden, guys. Yeah! Six and a half thousand seats in one beer garden. That's fucking awesome. That's drinking, that's real drinking. Yup, and this place is full, so I hope they reserve this table for us. Yeah. There are people everywhere. Yeah, I can't even see the edges of the garden, it's so big. I'm pretty happy about this. Why can we not do this in other countries? Why can we not do this in England or Australia or America? What the Lame. fuck? Lame. It's people just sitting down, having a beer, having a good time. Families, kids, everyone's drinking beer. Even the 13-year-olds, apparently. There's six main breweries within Munich, and they're all within the city limits. There's a stipulation. There's a stipulation stating that if you want to serve beer at Oktoberfest, it must your brewery must be within the city limits. All these breweries have two tents at the Oktoberfest. They have a small tent, and they have a big tent. Uh, the smaller tent will seat between five and six and a half thousand people each, and the larger tents will seat six thousand to eight thousand people each. Every single one of these tents costs the brewery two million euros to put up and take down. There's 1.3 million people in Munich during the two weeks of Oktoberfest. Six and a half million people come through the city. So yes, the sensible part of the evening disappeared pretty quickly, and we descended into the chaotic fun and partial memory loss that is typical with these sorts of events, and uh, especially when. All the beers are one liter size. You can get you can get half liters if you get like the the dunkel, like the dark beer. Yeah, but they are also considered to be the lady size. Yes, they are generally considered to be the lady size, which is a little bit embarrassing, isn't so, it? So really? yeah, we went around a few different beer gardens drinking one liter beers. Did we get too drunk? No. How could we possibly know? We don't remember what the end of the evening was. So I can't say one way or the other. Yeah, but the Bavarians actually have a test to check if you're too drunk to buy any more beer, which is pretty awesome. And one of the guys from the tour actually decided to show us that, or at least explain it for our podcasting purposes. So back in the day, they had this trick. When people said, oh, you're too drunk to get a beer, they'd say, uh, well, you gotta go. And like, no, 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 I can still do the trick. I can, I can do it. And it's supposed to prove that you are not that drunk. So you're okay. drunk. So you need a mass. A liter beer, right? So he would say, well, if you can do the trick, then you can have your drink. So the mass would be full to the top. You have to swing it around your body and your head without spilling one single drop. Centrifugal force. Should we have the iPad here for this? Should we be filming? With me, that's fine. So you have to remember the beer is full. Should be periscoping. So you take the beer like that, and you're supposed to do this really quickly and then drink from it. Oh. Now, 
the up from that is to do it with two of them. Most people crash them in the back, but you're supposed to offset it and then bring it around. And if you could do that without spilling a drop, he couldn't say no. I couldn't do that sober. So, <laughs> like, what, what test is this? We had a couple of people do it at the beginning season of the tour. And there were a couple of girls that did it. They, uh, it was a wet t-shirt contest moment. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we wait now until most of it is finished, and then people, because after two beers, you're sort of now we do it. But since you guys have small beers, don't do it. We will not be doing this. I prefer my beer in my face rather than on the floor. That so, will be in your face. Uh, or on like not on the floor and just drinking, drinking the beer. It'll be in your face, splashed in your face. Yes. You splash it all over your face. For people People listening who can't see what just happened, he basically span acrobatically around his head a large one litre beer. This is not something you should attempt at home unless you are drunk. And then you should always attempt this, it will be hilarious and wet. So yeah, nice. We decided not to perform that trick ourselves, <laughs> which is probably a sensible move. Yeah. Not that we were too drunk, just that we're too poorly coordinated. That is a good way to put it. The guide we had for the evening was Tim. He runs a lot of the Size Matters beer tours, but sometimes you can end up with a different member. The guy who just did the beer trick for us, I can't remember what his name was, but... Certainly no, but he sometimes a, runs the tours as well, I think. There's usually two out. guys who'll go out with you, or girls as well. Like, there are girls who run the tours, but we got Tim, he's the, he's the head honcho, he's been doing it for quite a while. He's the man. He's the man. So, a couple of tips. I, we reckon avoid Sundays. I'm not sure if they even run the tour on Sundays, because Sundays... Like a ghost town on a Sunday. Ghost town Sunday is terrible. I mean, we took the tour on the Saturday, which is obviously going to be a really, really busy night. All the places, well, especially the first place, the Augustina Keller, was packed with locals. I mean... It's a great seasonal drinking location. By May, the weather had heated up, so it was actually really warm. Yeah. Yeah, Saturday is a great day to do the tour. Friday is obviously Thursday is pretty good. I think Augustina Keller can actually sit outside 3,000. It could actually be or, closer or to 6,000. 6, people? In fact, maybe that was mentioned in one of the clips earlier. I can't remember. If it wasn't, it's a lot of people. Uh, yeah, which is pretty crazy. It was really full the day we were there, too. Yeah, and uh, the food is awesome. And if you go on one of the busy evenings, rather than a Sunday, we went back on the Sunday and it was like, dead. dead. So yeah, go on one of the busier evenings and the food is just this huge buffet. Well, it's not a buffet, you just, they've got everything set out, you choose a meal. So you pick up one of these giant pork knuckles, which is the size of your head. In fact, I'll put a photo on the show notes of that. The pretzels were bloody huge as well. Yeah, giant pretzels you could lose a baby in. Absolutely. Like, drop a baby straight through them, it's crazy. Yeah, and they were, I don't know, they were like two euros or something. Yeah. So I, it's not cheap because it's Munich. Munich is one of the most expensive cities in Europe, from what I'm led to believe, but especially in Germany. Yeah, but it's definitely worthwhile putting away a little bit of money to go and have a few drinks and a traditional Bavarian meal at one of the traditional Bavarian Yes, good place to sit outside. You spend about 20 euros on a whole bunch of food. You won't be able to walk afterwards. Seven euros for a liter of beer, something like that. So yeah. So yeah. if you are heading to Munich, definitely check out the Size Matters beer tour. You can it's Google Size Matters beer tour. You can't miss it. It's really fun, and essentially you pay like I don't know, it's like 15 euros or something, and you get a few drinks at the bar at the start, like at the hostel bar. So they're just included, and then you have to pay for your drinks while you're actually on the tour. But really, considering how cheap it is, and you're getting a guy that takes you to all the best places, and you get to meet loads of other people while you're doing it, 
We had a really good time. Good fun. We got random drunken photos of us with people that we don't remember their names. <laughs> uh, it was cool. So yeah, www.sizemattersbeertour.de, which is the, the German extension. Deutschland. Deutschland. Deutschlander, maybe? Maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, not the German extension, the Bavarian extension. Oh yes, totally <laughs> Germany. It's Germany as well. It is. So, also a quick mention about our accommodation whilst we were staying in Munich. We were at Wombat's Hostels. Yes, which is known as to, which is known to be the cleanest hostel in all Europe. And we have to say, it actually really is. Blah blah. We stayed with Wombat's a couple of times, and every time it is just immaculately clean, and always has a really funky bar too. Yeah, love the bar. And the breakfast. The breakfast oh. is tasty. Yes. Toasties. It's tasty toasties. We made our own. Tasty Tuesdays. Yeah. We've, awesome. ta- we've spoken about our cheese salami, cheese ham, cheese extravaganza. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. You can overload your toasty because it is an all-you-can-eat breakfast. Fantastic. So that's what we did. But yeah, it also turned out really convenient because just down the road at a different hostel, the Euro Hostel, I think it is, is where the beer tour started. When we say down the road, we mean literally two doors two next doors door. Down. Plus uh, Wombats is right next to the railway station. So it was like a five minute walk with our bags. Didn't have to bother getting a taxi or a bus. That saved us a little bit of money as well. Super convenient. So, very, very cool. Yeah, and really friendly welcome. So we like staying at Wombats Hostels. As we said, we stayed in a few other locations around Europe as well. They do a really good job. Really, really clean place. Yeah, you know exactly what you're going to get. Great design. Yeah, nice place. It's at wombats-hostels.com. Do go and take a look at that if you are staying in Munich and check out the hostel. So, okay, that's one of the cool things we got up to in Bavaria, in Munich, and actually we headed just outside Munich to have ourselves a little fairy tale adventure. This was so amazing for all the girls and all the guy lovers of Disney, because I know there are boys out there that like Disney too. Did you know that the Cinderella Castle at Disneyland was actually based off a real castle in Bavaria? You see it. It's like at the beginning of every single Disney movie. It's that, yeah, that the famous castle. The famous castle. It's based off Ludwig's castle that he built. It's about maybe hour and a half outside of Munich. Yeah, something like that. Maybe. And I have to say, when I found out about this castle, the little girl inside me just wet her little panties with excitement. Just yeah. a little. Just a little peek came up. Yes, there will be photos on the show notes of the castle. It's really spectacular. But I still can't pronounce its name. No. I cannot pronounce it. I will just call it the Cinderella Castle for this podcast. And I will leave it up to you, Tom, to try and pronounce its real name. Ja, it is the Neuschwanstein Castle. I don't know why I went to the Pee Wee Herman Bavarian voice. There, I think Neuschwanstein. Try saying that ten times while on a size matters pub crawl. Yeah. Probably uh, even try saying it once. <laughs> it's sober. Taken, it's taken us this long to actually figure out how to say it. And we're still saying. We're saying it's still, still saying it wrong. Still wrong. So yes, there'll be a number of clips coming up later where we can't pronounce it, and we apologise to all Bavarian and even German listeners for our appalling pronunciations. Yes. If it starts with an N, we're talking about the Grey Castle. There is actually another castle there which starts with an H, which is yellowy coloured and has 
round turrets and now stick you a couple can, of photos of those on the show notes too. But yes, it was built by Ludwig II of Bavaria, a kooky Ludwig. little... Ludwig. Ludwig. He was a kooky little king. He was a little bit. He was a little kooky. The construction started about 1869 and then it got to about 1892 and was sort of kind of finished but not really and Ludwig had already died by then. Under very suspicious circumstances in 1886. Yes. And in fact, Ludwig only lived in the castle for 172 days in total, or at least that's what Wikipedia informed me. And if you go on the tour and you head out there, you will learn a little bit more about the mystery of his death, which is a very long story, something we learn about because we hooked up on Mike's bike tours and they stick you on a bus to get you out there and they give you this whole presentation on the bus, which is like 30 minute presentation about all of the history of the castle. So if you don't want to go in the castle, which we actually didn't bother, we might talk about that a little bit in a minute, because the views outside are so great that we're like, ah, fuck it, we're not gonna go around and do the castle tour for lots of money. But apparently, and we'll get into this a little bit more in a minute, the uh, German tourism board, they don't like to necessarily give you all the facts. There no. is an official story. Yeah, so we got a few of these facts because we went on this tour with Mike's Bike Tours. Our guide for the day, his name is actually Brad, and he's been doing it for about 15 years. He's actually South African. Yes, he's South African. Um, yes, so the tour itself, aside from the history aspect, involves cycling, as it is a Mike's Bike Tour. Indeed. And the countryside there, we were super crazy excited because the weather on the day we went was like the most perfect sunny day. There'd been rain and clouds a few days previous, and then like the day after we did the tour, it rained again. Yeah, we but just got it the was perfect day. Blue skies, couple of clouds, all the fields glowing green and yellow with all these sort of buttercups. We figured out they're buttercups, Bavarian buttercup. Yeah, no one knew the actual no, name for them, but. Yeah, But yeah, you really just go fantastic. out on this tour and you cycle around and every now and then you stop and get a little bit of information from the tour guide, who was Brad, as we mentioned, and then you keep going. And so we rode all through the countryside, it was beautiful, and around this Swan Lake. It is actually called Swan Lake, but not the Swan Lake, like, not like Not Tchaikovsky. from the ballet, no. That's very Russian. But it is water. And it is water. Uh, pretty. There is now currently two swans, I believe, on the lake because <laughs> yeah. there is a big alpha male swan who's a big douchebag and he just scared all the other swans away so he's got his wife he's got his missus and he scared every other swan away and so now there's just the two of them living on swan lake yeah so it's not really a swan lake it's a single couple of swans it's not multiple swans. It used to be lots of swans, apparently. That's why it got named, because there used to be loads. Just one douchebag ruined it for everybody. Yeah. Just sort of weird. But no, it's a very pretty lake. And it was it was effervescence with blueness. It was shining. It's just one of those days. Amazing, amazing weather. And you've got the backdrop of the mountains. Some of those still had a little bit of snow on, because it was May. So that was very pretty. And of course, the castle. And the castles. Distance. Two castles. Two castles, plural. The, uh, the Disneyland castle is certainly more outstanding in terms of being able to see it as you, you cycle around. But the H castle, yellow one, whatever the name is pronounced. <laughs> I really can't 
to pronounce. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, but it's all right. We'll put the names in the show notes with the correct spelling and some links to like Wikipedia or something so you can make sure you know what we're talking about. Anyway, whilst we were on the bike tour, we managed to get some clips of us talking crap as usual whilst riding a bike. You know, we faced almost certain death. I did almost fall off at one point. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have edited that part out of these clips. Did you say naughty words when you fell off? I, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I did almost crush my testicles. That, that was a little bit uh, awkward. So, yeah. Anyway, let's play the clip. So we're riding through the Bavarian countryside. We are. I feel very like I should be singing Do a Deer or something. And it's, it's very much that riding scene from The Sound of Music. Wrong country, but close. No, but it all looks the same. <laughs> I'm sure the uh, Austrians would appreciate you and the Bavarians appreciate you <laughs> saying it all looks the same. Well, of course, the one difference here is we do have two awesome castles as a backdrop to our ride. Uh, which names I will not be able to pronounce, so I'm going to call them the uh, Nauschwitz Castle and the um, Hornberger Castle because I can't pronounce the names at no, all. I keep forgetting, and then I hear someone say it, and I'm like, oh, that's how you, that's right, that's how you say it. And then I forget, and I'm like, the Nauschwitz Awards, though. Yeah, the Nauschwitzen Castle. Well, the correct spellings and links will be on the show notes. But for now, if it starts with an N, it's the grey one that looks like something out of Disney. And if it starts with an H, it's the yellow one that has got a sort of more rounded, sort of turreted things with the, the sticky up bits that archers can shoot through on the top. Classic turrets, you know what yeah. I'm talking about. But we pretty much lucked out with the apparently the best day of the year so far. It is Perfect blue sunshine, yellow buttercups, the Bavarian buttercup, allegedly. <laughs> They're yellow flowers filling up these green grass fields that like super lush green grass. to mess with. Yeah. And of course, lots of people cycling because we're on a bike tour. Yeah. It is a big group. It is quite a big group, but the, the tour guides are handling everyone very nicely. Well, that's two tour guides, so it helps. Yeah, and it's a pretty relaxing sort of ride. It's all pretty flat around here, so... Yeah, I think it's all flat until we got to go back up the hill back to the restaurant, so it should be all good. There you go, us riding around the countryside, lots of fun. Yeah, but one of the things we really found appealing about this particular tour was that they had almost like a choose-your-own-adventure feel to it. So it's not like a traditional tour where you get herded onto a bus with 40 other people and then... You get off the bus when you get there and you follow some guide around waving a stupid flag. It's not like that at all. With Mike's Bike Tours, if you want to go hiking instead of on the bike ride, you can do that. Go off, yeah. don't get lost, come back at the right time and that's cool. If you want to pack your own lunch instead of eating at the designated restaurant and save yourself some money. Easy. That's done. what we did. That's what we did. We saved herself like 20 euros in food by Absolutely. just packing some sandwiches. Yep. If you only want to explore the outside of the castle like we did and not bother going inside, easy. Yep, because when you go above the castle, the view is so breathtaking from the suspension bridge. You get the whole landscape laid out behind with like all these cute little German houses, Bavarian houses, Bavarian, not German. Oh my I keep, we keep doing this. All this. We, you. You've done it. Oh. We've all done it. But the, yeah, all these little houses dotted around on the green fields and the castle just sits there on this rocky sort of, it's like this bit of the ground that's just raised up. It just, just sits there in the middle with all these flat fields around below it. 
And you can get great, great photos. All the best photos are probably taken from that point. I know some people climb up the hills and go all Indiana Jones to get photos from other viewing destinations, but really you don't need to bother. You can just walk up the footpath and get to that bridge and you've got an amazing angle to take photos. And the castle just shimmers with grey. As I said, it's a very shimmery episode, this episode. This is a <laughs> word I'll be using a lot for this sort of weather. But they just cleaned it. They had just finished cleaning it like yeah. a few months before so we got there. So it looks nice and shiny and so new. They do clean it like once every five years or something, I think you said, or maybe a little bit less frequent than that. Yeah. So if you want to go and see it without any scaffolding or anything on it, do go in the next couple of years, get out there, do it as soon as possible because you never know when they're going to stick that up and piss everyone off by putting scaffolding in the way. And yeah, we just saved ourselves the entrance fee of going in the castle, which was like 12 euros each. And we spoke to a few people afterwards and they were like, yeah wasn't the most exciting castle inside. The because outside it wasn't is finished. better. It wasn't finished. Yeah, but it's just like it's some old furniture and stuff. Yeah. And you can't take photos. Yeah, that's always the That was actually the, the main thing that we were like, oh, you oh, can't take photos? We're out. Right, yeah, there's no point in us spending 25 euros for a 30-minute tour. Yeah, and heading up on the bridge is definitely the best place. One of the things that's really important and that we really enjoyed with the fact that we booked this tour is it can be really hard to get tickets to get into the castle. Yeah. So this is one big thing, like booking this in advance you they call ahead and someone stands in line and gets the tickets because there have been occasions I've heard of people who have just rocked up thinking you can get a ticket and it is sold out. It's sold out before lunch. Yeah, so one of the good things about going on a tour is someone gets sent ahead of time to actually pick up those tickets and so you don't miss out. Yeah. If you do want to go inside. We looked at the economics as well and if you want to get the train out there then I think it's like 25 euros per person for the Bavaria Day Pass or something, which lets you have unlimited travel around. Then you have to try and get to the castle from the train station, which isn't that close. The logistics just didn't really make it seem that easy unless you hired a car to do it independently. And you do get a whole load of extra cool stuff with this tour. It's like 59 euros or something. Brad does a magic show at lunchtime. He's actually really good. He's really good. Um, we've yeah. worked entertainment for years before becoming travel bloggers. And card tricks are really not normally that impressive because we can normally guess some of the tricks and how they're done because we've already we've been involved in that. We've worked with a lot of musician, uh, musicians, <laughs> magicians. magicians. We've worked with a lot of magicians ones. who have shown us tricks and stuff like that and how they do it and I hadn't seen a few of his. I was very impressed. Too. Yeah, yeah, crazy. And actually Mike, who's a really busy guy, he actually showed up at the start of the tour just to greet everyone for like the first half hour he rode the bus, then he jumped off before we left Munich to get a train back to his yeah. to his office. So, you know, a little bit of a personal touch. It was nice. I appreciate yeah, it. I think that's something he does all the time. It wasn't for our benefit. There was about 50 people on the tour, so it wasn't just for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really cool. And Brad's been guiding there for 15 years. And as we mentioned, unlike the official guides inside the castle who give you the state story, which is very, very specifically and like, we will not tell you anything we don't want you to know. They Brad, will not call him a kooky king. They will not call him kooky and something else as well, which we're going to play a clip for that in a second. But Brad gives you a full rundown, having researched this for 15 years and actually really looked into all of the history, he gives you a complete understanding of what actually was going on with King Ludwig. And one of those most interesting little facts that the German, uh, the Bavarian Tourism Board will not necessarily tell you, it's coming up now. 
There is one room of particular interest. Uh, some of you, if you've been on our study tour, you would have heard that there's more going on between Ludwig II and Richard Wagner than uh, meets the eye. How can I phrase this uh, in case there are any, uh, any children amongst you? What's the, I'm sure you can get the idea <laughs> just by what I've said right there. There is a room inside the castle which is covered with uh, pictures of naked men, some of them very excited to be there. And uh, the kids would love to get dressed up in a pink tutu and uh, dance around inside the castle. <laughs> But like I said, uh, no one is quite sure about his uh, sexual preference. <laughs> Just kidding, of course. There is no room with naked men. I have to mention that, of course, that it is a joke. Otherwise, people come out of the castle and they're like, where's the room with the naked man? Give my money back. <laughs> there is no room with naked men. But he was actually gay as a summer's day. He wrote that in his diary. Um, he had photographs of uh, men um, that, he, that he were found after he died. And that's, for example, the kind of information that you won't get to hear about when you go on the States tour. In fact, it's quite fun to uh, kind of tease the state guide because they have a set script that, of course, is written by the government that they use. And uh, if you want to, after the tour, you can ask the guide, was Ludwig II gay? And, you know, watch them kind of squirm because they're not allowed to say that he was. They usually imply something like, uh, well, he did have a jewelry box, which is quite a clever way of uh, phrasing it. But, uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, there you go. So, yeah. The 19th century was not kind to a homosexual king, that's for sure. And perhaps there is uh, still some strange resistance by Bavarians and the tourism board to have one of their kings portrayed in such a way, even now in 2015. Uh, bleh, politics. Politics. Blah, 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 politics. Blah, 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 blah. It seems crazy to us why that's such a big deal from some guy from 150 years ago, but whatever. Um, if you want to check out some more information on Mike's Bike Tours, it's mikesbiketours.com. That's easy, isn't nice it? And easy. Don't even have to use a .de. It's a regular .com. And you can find out and, yeah, go and do the tour. It was cool. We really enjoyed it. So let's talk about food. We had to get around to it at some point. How did we make it this far through an episode without, oh no, we did, we did talk about, food. we mentioned food a few times earlier, whoops, yeah, that's right. Okay, so I think we said this before as well, we ate heartily. Yes. That is what Bavarian portion sizes are about. They They're are epic. Pretty massive. So we got around to just, we were sharing one course between the two of us. That's how big this is. Yeah. But there was definitely a special couple of dishes that we were told that we must try. So one of them being the white sausage or the Weisswurst. Weisswurst. The Weisswurst. Yeah, Weisswurst. This is a very traditional Bavarian sausage made with minced veal and pork. And then they've also got seasonings of bacon, onion, parsley, salt, pepper. Various stuff. Lemon powder sometimes yeah. is a pretty typical one. But the thing is, yeah, like we said, it's white. So the difference is most sausages in Bavarian Germany are... Sort of pink or grey, I suppose. And they're yeah. fried as well, where these ones are actually boiled. Yeah. Not fried, grilled. You know what I mean. Barbecue. Hey, they, I bet they fry some of the sausages. Oh, I bet they do. But yeah, grilled. But these ones are boiled, so sort of unusual. They've been eating this since this dude Sepp Moser, or Sepp Moser? I don't know. His young butcher, he created this in 1857, so it's been around for a while. Back in those days, they didn't really have any refrigeration, so it was something they ate in the morning. They like they made it fresh, and then they try and eat it for breakfast or for like a brunch or whatever. Because yeah. after that, they sort of they spoil really easy these white sausages. They don't keep quite as well as some of the other ones. This spice burst, also as well as being coming into boiling water, comes with the sweet mustard. Yeah, which, which is not like mustard, really. It's not. It's actually I don't think I'd ever had this style of mustard before. Before Munich, I don't think no, I've ever had it. No, I don't I only, think so. It's delicious. It's, it genuinely is really sweet 
and it's sort of closer to a relish and sometimes it can be a little bit chunky or you can get the smooth version. I, I had the smooth version with the sausages. I had the chunky version separately a different time. Both of them delicioso. Yeah, really impressed with that sweetness. It doesn't have that sort of up your nose kick that yeah. you get with something like English mustard or <laughs> Dijon. It's, it's mild, it's really mild. The mustard is probably the most impressive thing of it. I was not a big fan of the sausage as you know, some people, we hadn't had people tell us that they have a love-hate relationship. You know, some people love it, some people don't love it. I think you quite enjoyed it, didn't I you? I liked it, but it's not gonna be my favorite sausage. And as we I'm said, it's not it. pretty. No, <laughs> because this is a funny little white tube. <laughs> yeah, it kind of looks like an old man's penis. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bavaria. I mean, we know this is your traditional food. I did enjoy it. It's just, you have to be honest, of all the sausages, it's one of the least attractive of the sausages, I yeah. feel. But definitely give it a try if you're there. The flavor is sort of neutral. It doesn't have like a strong meaty texture or flavor. It's, it's a really soft sausage, but sweet mustard brings the flavor alive a bit. Works pretty well. And of course, unlike eating an old white man's penis, you won't get syphilis. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> just saying. Oh, Munich tourism's never gonna work with us. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, we didn't meet up with Munich tourism. No, it's one of the few tourism time. boards we didn't actually get time to organize. Well, with. let's talk about food that I really did enjoy, like super duper enjoyed. We have already spoken about this because we tried it in Innsbruck. So we spoke about this a little bit in our Innsbruck, Innsbruck podcast. in Austria, yes. Yeah. Back in episode 43. Yes. I so. Think. Or apparently my notes say episode 47, but I think it was episode 43. I don't know. It might look uh, up Innsbruck. Innsbruck, yeah. So <laughs> not surprisingly, because they Bavaria and Austria share borders, there's going to be some cross styles of food. And the Kaiser Spatchel, well, the reason why we're bringing it up now is because actually the best version of it we had was while in Munich. Ah, well, that's, um, yeah, that's your perspective. I think I like the one in... I think it's all good. I mean, because, okay. The Munich if one you, was creamier. Yeah. And the Innsbruck one was cheesier. Okay, so if people don't remember what the Kaiser Spatzel is, it's the Bavarian mac and cheese of sorts. And then it has, like, crispy onions on top. So instead of, well, like, uh, macaroni, it's dumplings. Yeah, they're sort of, like, thick, short dumplings. So not, not your big dumplings that you get in a stew. These things are tiny. Yeah. So, like, imagine something the size of a penne pasta sort of thing, but then without the hole in the a middle. A big, doughy dumpling. Just a big, doughy thing. lump. It's a bit closer to nochi, but obviously it's not made with potato, as far as I'm aware. It's made with wheat. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a little recap. I loved the one that we had in... Munich, Tom obviously loved the one that we had in Innsbruck. It's cheesy filth. You can't not love it. No I mean, what. I love both of them. Yeah. Just that the one, I think the one in Innsbruck had bacon in it as well. Oh, it might have. And, you know, as you know, I like bacon a lot. So we think you should eat it. Just go eat it. Eat it. But we also, we very rarely get to dessert because usually we are stuffed With full. cheese. With <laughs> cheese. Before we get there, but we met up with our good friend Laurel from Monkeys and Mountains, and she told us about a dessert that we must, 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 must try, and I can't pronounce this either. I don't think I can pronounce this, but I'm going to give it a go just for fun. Caramelischite Kaiserschmarrn mit Apfirmus. That is about as wrong That's as it can go. so wrong. But Especially with my Pee Wee Herman Bavarian yeah. again. Yeah. 
but uh, <laughs> we do have a clip that we took uh, with Laurel. She took us to the Hirsch Garten. Laurel from Monkeys and Mountains Travel Blog. Yeah. yeah. So the Hirsch Garten actually literally translates into the deer garden because they have deer. Yes. That are in the garden. Know. Do they still have deer in the garden or is it traditionally they had deer No, in the they garden? do have deer. We couldn't see them because it was night time. Night time is a problem. They're stealthy as well as deer. Stealthy deer. They don't like getting hunted so much. But they do have deer in the garden. It's they maybe. might have deer on the menu as well. I, I don't remember. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But this place is less touristy and, you know, it's... It's, it's a lot of locals. A lot more cool. locals. So it's a great place that we got taken along to um, and spending the evening with Laurel. And we also have a little bit of a clip about it. Yeah. It's a little bit further out of town as well. So we took the train to get out there, which was easy. It took about 10 minutes on the train. Okay, let's play the clip. So we're having dessert here in Munich. I've never had this before. It's sort of like a pancake with some applesauce, but it is flavor-wise way more than that. Can you tell us what it's called? Sure. It's called Kaiserschmamm, and it's a very popular Bavarian delicacy, especially you find it in traditional mountain huts. It's like a fried pancake with icing sugar, and you dip it in applesauce. Mm, and the applesauce really makes it pop. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like I should have stopped eating about five minutes ago, but I'm going to make sure I finish it off. Yeah. It's good that you sharing now. It's a big portion. I couldn't do that. Yeah. yeah do this, this is... by themselves? They do, especially after hiking. Oh, God. Oh, like you said, you're like, it's like the thing that gets them up the hill. It's like, I'm going to have this yeah. 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 And the, the base of it's gone like really crispy and it's a super thick pancake as well. It's got to be like two centimeters thick. Yeah. And yeah, this is way too much dessert for one person. But yeah, I recommend if you're only going to try one dessert in Bavaria, you want to try this one. You want to try Kaiserschmarrn. I'm glad we actually had dessert for the once and only time that yeah, we're here. We, we actually had it and this is great. Yeah, we don't often order dessert, so this is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad to love it. Mm. Oh my god, like just the crispy bits are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. There will be photos on the show notes. How's to the other will be? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thick pancake with a crispy outer crust, the really soft melt in the mouth, delicious center. Yeah. yeah, and then like an apple compote kind of mm, yeah, it's, sauce. It's nice. It was dense. delicious. Delicious. So dense and super filling. But when you put that apple sauce on it, it's dessert paradise. It really is. I'm a big fan of this dessert. But when we cut the bill at the end, we thought, oh, we've ordered dessert. That'll be like five euros. It was like 11 euros for the dessert. Yeah. But seriously, it's enough dessert. You could share it with four people, but apparently after Bavarians have been hiking for the day, they generally eat one to themselves. And uh, we had a lot of trouble finishing it between the three of us. And really it was mainly the two of us because Laurel just had a little bit. In fact, did, she didn't she eat it. She can't eat it. She's gluten she's intolerant. So she doesn't get the... Or wheat free. I can't remember which one it is. Yeah, she's so sadly got... she couldn't indulge unless someone made her a, a gluten free one. But she definitely, definitely knows how tasty they are. Oh my God, yes. So anyway, that's it from Munich for today. I hope you've had a little bit of inspiration. If you can go there for Oktoberfest, that's awesome. If you can't, then go any other time because really they've got beer always. They don't run out of beer. But to finish up today's episode, a quick budget travel tip as we haven't featured any travel tips today. It's just been all destination advice. Um, here's a quick one for you that we came up with because of what we were up to last week before we recorded this episode. Go seek out the free days at some of these attractions around the world. Yeah, you'd be really surprised at what big attractions actually once a month 
generally will have a day where you get completely free entry. Sometimes even more than once a month. I mean, the Louvre in Paris is the first Sunday of every month that's completely free to get in, as are some of the other attractions in Paris, not the Eiffel Tower, sadly, they would never make that no. one free because there's just not enough space on it. But um, in Hong Kong, all the museums, or at least a lot of the major museums, are free every Wednesday when we were in Hong Kong over a year ago now. But uh, we went to like three museums in one day, which is cool. It's like easy, cheap day out for budget travelers. And most recently, last week, although by the time you listen to this episode, it will be a few weeks ago, we were in Bulgaria and we went to visit the Saravets Fortress from the 12th century. We didn't go back to the 12th century. Sadly, we didn't manage to get our time machine no. finished in time. We need more time. We need a time machine so that we, we have more time. That would do it. But um, yeah, it's free on the last Thursday of every month. So we got in there for free yeah, in August. Yeah, we timed it quite perfectly. Yeah, and that's in the city of Veliko Tarnovo. Uh, that's where the fortress is. It's amazing little windy town. It sort of stretches across all these green forested hills. It's really only like a four kilometer walk from one side to the other, but you're just winding up and down. So you're gonna get some exercise and we'll podcast about that in a few months. We probably need the exercise for the amount of beer and cheesy bread we have. Oh my God, the three cheese bread with Bulgarian white cheese on it. But you'll have to wait. We will tell you more about that in the Veliko Tenovo episode. Whenever that will be, who knows. In next week's episode, we are talking to Stefan from Startup Diaries. It is, of course, Money Mondays next week, so we're talking about business and money. Uh, He traveled across South America, meeting up with people who have redefined their work life. It's not just all about bloggers. A lot of the different people he met were professionals who have managed to move their business or their consultancy or whatever their profession is. They've put it online and now they can work from anywhere, which, of course, is a goal for all of us. If you're listening to this podcast, it's probably a goal for you. I know most of our listeners want this location independent lifestyle. Definitely. Just such a cool lifestyle to have. Um, Plus, Stefan just himself has the most fascinating backstory. We just loved interviewing him. He was such an interesting guy. Yeah, and he's from Germany as well, so there might be some more German accents next week. Better than Mm. yours. Probably better than mine, yeah. He's pretty consistent with his accent, to be fair. So, yeah, if you want to get the show notes and photos from this episode, head to travelfreedompodcast.com slash 053. We always keep the show notes very simple. It's always slash and the three-digit number for the episode. So, You can look up any past show notes from any episode real simply. Okay, it's the end of the show. Okay, are you ready for your travel homework, people? It's Mm. an easy one this week. It's a good one. It's a good one. Can you guess what it is yet? It's about beer. (laughs) It's about beer. So if you can't make it to Oktoberfest, we're going to be drinking in Thailand. We're going to have a beer in honor of the Bavarians and their celebration of October. Well, hopefully, if we can find some craft beer, there will be a place that will have a German beer on because that's a pretty standard thing for craft beer places around the world to put on a Bavarian style beer during Oktoberfest time. Definitely. So, fingers crossed, we'll find something. If you do happen to be in the area of Thailand, you should come and join us for a beer. Yeah, we'll be around Koh Samui, Koh Phangan for the Travel Bloggers Retreat, which if you haven't heard about that yet and haven't taken a look, go to Travel Blogger Retreat dot com and check out what we're doing with that we will also be going to tbex for anyone who's going to be going to the tbex event as well we're organizing a craft beer tour we are we are actually organizing the tour at the moment it is limited to 40 people and we've already had 28 people sign up by the time you hear this it might be almost full so if you are coming to tbex go join the official tbex facebook group and then do a search for craft beer tour 
and find our little post about that and then there's an event you can join it but above and all we just want to say drink beer people yeah it's fun and um, you know if you don't drink beer for some reason I don't know why you wouldn't do that at least for one week some people don't some people don't it's crazy but there is other things you can do yeah cheese cheese add cheese to pasta any sort of pasta and have a fake Kaiser Spatz all day and wearing Lederhausen yeah wear, wear the Lederhausen I think that's a That'll be fun. You'll enjoy it. Don't drop cheese down your pants. Because <laughs> those Lederhosen cost a lot of money. They are expensive. They are very, they're like $300 for a Lederhosen suit. I bet I would drop it all down my pants if I... But girls don't wear the Lederhosen. We wear something else. I don't know what the name is. What do I? We'll ask Stefan on the next episode, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> cool. Thanks for listening to the Travel Freedom Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at travelfreedompodcast.com. Join us again every Monday to learn how to supercharge your online income and travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments and feedback, so tweet us at mytravelfreedom. Or email info at travelfreedompodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. Catch us again every Monday on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.